Well, as you can see, I am not Brother Dan Mendoza. Brother Mendoza called me yesterday morning and said, I've got 101 fever, coughing like crazy. What's it sound like? Yeah, you know, like COVID, don't it? <laughs> I pray that that's not what he has. But nevertheless, he said, he said my schedule is uh, empty for May. And he said, I'll give you first shot. And so, Father, Lord willing, we'll get another uh, date and have him come and be with us. Hold on to your mission offering. You have that, and uh, we'll make sure that you'll have the opportunity to give that uh, when we have him. I know that you're disappointed. I'm disappointed. But God has a plan, doesn't he? And sometimes God allows things not to happen, so other things might not happen. Who knows? He might have devoid of... Uh, avoided a car wreck or we just don't know what could have been lying in the path but anyhow we are here and i texted Darren yesterday morning and i said brother mendoza is not going to be here you can preach or i'll get something up and he said nothing and so and so this morning he probably didn't read that did you didn't read that part you got to read the whole email don't you and so uh, nevertheless i'm uh, i got something up for y'all uh, today and I do want to say uh, if you want to look in the book of Matthew 28 we're going to preach on why I do mission work thought that would be close to something that uh, uh, you might want to hear on this mission Sunday okay but uh, last night we had about I think there was about 20 guys that uh, showed up is that about right at uh, over at the uh, babe's chicken house and uh, there was a lot of lot of chicken that went down, I guarantee you. And we were all clucking when we left out of there. I don't know about you, I couldn't even lay down. I was afraid that the that, uh, chicken would come up on the roost if I laid down. So I, I slept the first hour in the recliner. But if you've never been, and I was surprised how many people have never been to Babes. If you've never been to Babes, you need to make a sincere effort uh, to get over there because mon better than the colonel he does chicken right amen i don't know who baby is but he does a good job all right we're looking at the book of matthew and i know that my challenge is great you have lost an hour of sleep and so i know i've got to do everything that i possibly can to keep you awake this morning i will try number one to shorten what i have to say that would probably help considerably. I know Darren said amen. And, uh, and then I will try to keep your attention the best that I possibly can, okay? Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus came. He had risen from the grave. He had met with his disciples and his apostles, and they were there on the hillside. And says, he came and he spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. This is what we call the great what? Commission, the great commission that Jesus gave. The heartbeat of the Bible is missions. It is the fact that we are sent on a mission. God has always been looking for man. He has always been on mission, as they would say. And so today, we, in this day, and in this age, are 
to go forth on mission. Now, many people are con confused as to what missions and missionaries are. I remember years ago, I was pastoring a little church in Hickory Ridge, Arkansas. I know you all know where that's at. It's about three, four miles from Gordonick, uh, Arkansas. And so we were, we had had vacation Bible school that week. And we, on that Saturday, we were going to a, we're going to have a picnic. <clears throat> and so Sandra and I had these kids in the back seat and we were on the way to the park. And we came to this, uh, this uh, cemetery and uh, the people were going into the cemetery in their cars. And then there was a man who had his little VFW cap on. And he was directing the traffic. And one little of the kids, and we was listening to them in the back. And one of them said, look at that guy. What is he? And I, one of them said, well, I don't know. The other one said, well, I know. He's a missionary. <laughs> but no, he wasn't a missionary. And so today when we do mission work, we have a system in which we have a, number one, a sponsoring church. One that sends the missionary out. We have a missionary. He's the one that takes his family and goes. And we've had numerous of those through the years who have come. And boy, we can turn the heat off if you want to, if you can do that with your phone. Uh, and so uh, uh, the missionary is a guy that goes. And then there are supporting churches. That's what we are. We are a supporting church. And we contribute funds to the missionaries supporting church, sponsoring church, so we can do the work, he can do the work that God has led him to do, and whether it is a stateside missionary, and we a lot of times we call those church planters, that's the new term for this age, church planter, or if he's over in the, uh, in the overseas somewhere in some country, he's an overseas missionary. We have fellowship with the American Baptist Association. We have fellowship with the Missionary Baptist Association of Texas. And we, and we also associate with the Central Texas Mission Council or Missionary Association. And we used to have a mission council. We don't have that anymore. We dissolved that just a couple of years ago. And so we participate in, in all of those uh, associational works collectively we send our offerings in and they take care of the missionaries there are some missionaries that we support individually that uh, maybe have not gone uh, on as a aba or a mba or a local missionary so we support them are they if they have a mission project where maybe they're building a building they don't get monies for that and so we send to those uh, uh, entities for that if that helps you understand how we do mission work and so uh, a lot of times uh, people don't understand how we do missions and that's how we support missions brother Mendoza that was going to be here today he is the secretary treasurer of the MBA of Texas Missionary Baptist Association of Texas he gathers the funds and he pays the salaries of those missionaries we got i don't know how many got eight missionaries or something like that usually uh and he takes uh, care of those of that job he promotes 
uh, missions, and he goes to different churches and lets us know what's going on on the mission fields. That's what he will do. He will introduce those missionaries that we have, or church planners, if you want to call them, that are, are working to, to uh, support, uh, raise churches, build new churches in the state of Texas, which is a growing state, of course. And so uh, it's imperative that we kind of understand like that and that we have a feel for missions. And it's not just something that, okay, we're going to give, we're going to write a check, but we get to know these missionaries. You want to do something that will bless somebody's heart, or you want to teach your kids to do something that will bless the hearts of, uh, your, of these missionaries, is, is write them a letter. Uh, find out when their birthdays are. Give them a send them a birthday card uh a lot of times you know they're out there all alone and they that's all that they get uh, my wife used to have an aunt that sent missionaries a, a birthday card to all of their kids and would put a piece of sugar-free gum in there and uh i remember and she'd do that till they turned 18 and our daughter holly you know she she turned 18 she got a birthday card but it didn't have no gum and so she said Ain't telling Jackie when you talk to her, I want my gum. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Aunt Jackie is now gone to be with the Lord. But uh, so she started out doing missionaries, and then she did pastors and pastors' kids and missionary kids. And she every week she would have a bundle of cards like that. I'm told that she would go to the post office and invested that. And to do that today would be a challenge, wouldn't it, uh, with the cost of postage? And so our church is involved in mission support and supporting missions, all right? And it's one reason we call ourselves a missionary Baptist. I tell people it's our middle name that we are involved doing mission works because I don't believe, as I've told you before, that God will bless a stingy Christian or a stingy church. A lot of people might say, well, I don't know why we're taking all this money and giving it away. Uh, because that's what God called us to do. That's why. And so we not need to see more churches that are started. There's more work that needs to be done locally. This area is growing. Faster we can build churches. Our state is growing. And other places that don't even have churches, don't have places where they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the question comes, why do mission work? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you real quick. Number one, all right, you ready? Number one, repeat this after me. The character of God. Repeat, the character of God. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. The character of God. That's why. Well, what kind of character does God have? Well, God is a loving God. John 3.16 says it as well as any verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not but have. Hey, y'all did good. I know you can read it back here. We cheat, don't we? And so we know today that God is a great lover. How much does God love? So much. So much. And he loves us so we sing that song, don't we? And then in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet what? Christ died for who? Amen. Amen. 
I like that word commendeth us. That is a, a unique word. You know what it really means in common Texas language. Hannah, this is I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna tell you this, all right? And don't ever forget it, okay? The word commendeth us means demonstrated. It's a Greek word. And that word is in the presence present tense. And that's a very unique study. Uh, it, it means that we were not what we should be when Jesus came and when Jesus died. And it also means that we are not now what we should be. And that's what Jesus did back then to die and to save us means that he's still doing it now. He's still in the saving business. The work that Jesus did, dying for us, is still effective today. The blood that Jesus shed upon the cross has not lost its power. Amen? It still has the power to cleanse us of all of our sin. And so the Bible tells us that he loves us so much and he has compassion upon us. First John chapter 4 and verse 24, and he said, and John said this, We have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the what? The Savior of the world. I have a Savior today. I am not your Savior. Never say that Danny Chapel saved you. I cannot save you. The word save means sozo. It means to be made safe. That means to save you from your judgment. To save you from a Christless, barren eternity and save you for a wonderful place called heaven when you die. So I'm saved from something. I am saved for something. And I am saved to do something. And that is tell everybody, everybody that Jesus is the Savior of the world. No matter where you live, Brother Jimmy... It's, it doesn't make any difference. You can live here in Arlington, Texas, or you can live in Timbuktu, and you can be saved because of what Jesus did outside of the walls of Jerusalem one day on the cruel Roman cross. And so today, God did all of that through love. Compassion comes out of his character. God is a compassionate God. Jesus is a compassionate Savior. Number two. Say this real loud. Repeat after me. The command of Christ. The, all right. The first point was what? The character of God. The second one is the command of Christ. What was his command? That was our text. Number one, go. Go ye therefore and, what does it say? Teach all nations. Now this word teach, there's two different times that he uses the word teach here. Give you just a little great Greek text, Greek t uh, lesson. In the Greek, we say in the Greek, not to show you that I know Greek because I know very little. Took two years of Greek in seminary. I uh, failed the first year and I had to take it again. <laughs> and so, uh, what I did learn is that this word teach, go and teach all nations, comes from the word mathetes, and it means to make disciples to make followers of Jesus Christ. In other words, to win people to a saving knowledge of Jesus, that they have their sins forgiven, got their names in, in heaven. When they die, that's where they're going to go. 
They are saved. They are safe. They are secure. They're heaven-born. They are heaven-bound. You got it? The second thing is he, we are baptized. And then the third thing, he says, to teach them all things. Teach them. The second time he uses the word teach here is the word donoskos. And that word means to impart instructions. And so the object is this, that we go and we introduce people to Jesus Christ. They come to a saving knowledge of him. They become disciples of Christ. We baptize them as they are obedient to uh, his salvation and his call and his command. And then we start to teach them in the church. That's why we have classes. A lot of y'all don't attend. But we have classes to teach you and to mentor you to help you to grow up in the faith and that you might go forth and you might tell other people about Jesus. You see, our, 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 our thing to do here is, as I've told you from day one, we have a twofold purpose. Number one is to know Jesus and number two is to make Jesus known. To know him and to make him known. That's real simple, isn't it? And so today, that is the crux of what we are called to do. And he says here, I, I, all authority is given to me. Jesus had the authority to command us and to commission us to go. Number two, he said, to all nations. That's why we have missionaries worldwide. And he said, all the things. We teach them all that Jesus taught and all that is contained in the Word of God that, that will help us to have a working knowledge of the Word of God so we can apply it to our lives and become obedient children of God. And we can go to the point where we can teach it to others. So when you study the Bible... That's why it's important you come to Sunday school, that you would learn and get a working knowledge of the Bible so one day you can be in the teacher's chair or you can go out and mentor somebody to help them one-on-one. -on -one. And he said, always, always. What he did 2,000 years ago is still in effect today. We are still under this command and this commission, this great commission to go and to make disciples, baptize them, and to teach them the all things. The main thing is that we be going. As you are going, it says in the Greek, go and preach the gospel to every creature. That's in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, but after ye shall receive power. That happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon the church and empowered them. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. To be a witness is to tell people what you know. When you go to court and you get in the, in the box up there and you, you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, you tell them what you know. And what, are, what do we know? We know that Jesus came. We know that he died. We know that he was buried. We know that he rose again. And we know that he is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And one day he's going to come with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and those that are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord that's the good news that's the best news and we are commanded to go and to tell it and to make disciples and to baptize them 
and then those that we baptize to teach them the all things. Study to show thyself approved unto God, Paul told Timothy, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, the command of Christ. We're commanded to do that, to tell people that they need to be saved. I talked to a fellow one time. He said, uh, that's pretty narrow, isn't it? Told him about John 14, 6. That's not on our deal, but it says that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. So that's very narrow. I said, well, let me give you an illustration. Suppose we're on an airplane. And all of a sudden, the airplane catches on fire. The lights go out. We are in the dark. And there's a stewardess down at the end, and she has a flashlight, and she says, come. This is the escape route. It's the only escape route. Are you going to say, well, that's very narrow? <laughs> I mean, there's other windows that we could, we could bust out and get out of here. You ever try to bust one of those windows out? They don't bust. What are you going to do? You say, well, that's just narrow-minded. I don't have anything to do with it. It's too narrow. Or, and, and, or, or suppose uh, you take this person by the hand and said, let, let me show you the way. Would you say, well, you're a bigot. You trying to tell me that you're going to take me up there and show me the only way out? Yeah. Do you hear that today? You're a bigot because you think Jesus is the only way. And that you have the audacity to tell me that I'm a sinner and that I need a Savior. Hello, hello, beam me up, Scotty. Yes, yes, because I've been commanded of Christ. And this command to go and to make disciples isn't just the preacher's job. It's the church's job. Every member has a responsibility to go and tell people who Jesus is to make him known because you know him amen all right number three all right we're almost done we're on the finish line if the person sleeping next to you is asleep nudge him say he's finishing the condition of the lost say that with me the condition of the lost I'm waiting there we go all right we missed that one I missed part of this but he, he's ahead of me really all right john 3 18 is the verse we're going to look at john 3 18 you got that back here hayden i didn't put him to sleep <laughs> john 3 verse 18 i'll find it i'd try to quote it but i'd misquote it says he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son that is why that is why Jesus came because people were condemned they were condemned already already a lot of people think well you know you're not condemned till you die and then you go before God and then you, uh, God looks at all the good things and he puts them over here. He takes all the bad things and he puts them over here. And if the good things outweigh the bad things, you are saved. If the bad things outweigh the good things, then you are lost. Ain't so. Bible teaches that we're condemned already today, right now. The great jury of God has already taken a long look at your life. 
come to a verdict. Do you want to read the verdict? You find it in Romans chapter 1 where it says, Every mouth may be stopped and the whole world is found guilty before God. So we are guilty before God because of our sin. And not only because of what we have done, but because of who we are. We are sinners by nature. We are born with the nature to sin. That's why it's easier to do wrong than it is to do right. You don't have to teach a kid to do wrong. You don't even have to send them to kindergarten. They'll, they'll pick it up. We have the nature, just like a duck has a nature to swim. He's not born swimming, but he's born with the nature to swim. And we are born with the nature to sin, to disobey God. It's easy for a child to tell a lie. One little kid said that a lie is an abomination to the Lord, but a very present help in time of trouble. <laughs> well, and so... We're guilty. We're guilty because we have the nature to sin, and we're guilty because we have the practice of sin. And so we're not in a jail cell waiting to be judged. We're in a death cell just waiting to die, condemned already. And that is the condition of every person outside of Jesus. But the good news, good news is this. We do mission work because God does not want them to be condemned. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, it tells us plainly that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The word repentance means to change your mind. It means you're going one day, one way, and you turn and you go the other. You're going one way in a life of sin and iniquity, following the world and following the devil, and one day you find out that Jesus loves you and died for you, and you turn and you come to Him as a sinner. And ask for salvation that's full and free and forever. And he gives it to you as a gift. Because you were lost. And you didn't have a shepherd. And you had no lordship in your life. What does it mean to be lost? Jesus said in John 19 and 10. For I am come. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's in Luke 19.10. Luke 19.10. Seek and save that which is lost. I have a little acronym I got. L is for lonely. Outside of Christ, you're lonely. And you're going to face a barren eternity all alone. O is for outcast. That means you're away from God. God is not the Lord of your life. He may just be your jack-in-the-box when you need some help. But he, doesn't, he wants to be your Lord. S is for sinful. We've covered that. And T is for turmoil. The lost person don't know which way to go. They don't have a purpose in life. They don't have a plan for their life. They don't have a life. All they have is an existence. They exist from one week to the next week, from one day to the next day, from one payday to the next day, one, one good time after another good time. And that's what they are. They're lost. Without Christ, you are lost, and you are headed for a barren eternity, the condition of the lost. So that's the end of our sermon. Number one. What's the first point? The condition of, excuse me, the character of God, which is compassion, compassion. Number two, the command of Christ, the command of Christ. Number three, the condition of the lost. And so why do mission work? Why do mission work? Well, I've put down three reasons. Number one, because we become a vessel from which flows the compassion of of God. Number two, we become obedient servants of Christ, obeying His command. And number three, 
We have a part in reaching lost souls. You cannot save them. I cannot save them. But we'll make Jesus known to them because Jesus can save them. It's important that we stay on mission. Every human is either a missionary or a mission point. You say you're missionaries. You leave here a missionary and you'll go to wherever you traffic and you'll have the opportunity to make Christ known to other people through your life and also through your lips, through your lips. And don't do one without the other. It takes both, right? I've never heard anybody say, well, I got saved because I saw so-and-so was a Christian. No, but I've heard people say, I don't want to become a Christian because I've seen that so-and-so doesn't live like a Christian ought to live. And so it's imperative that we show it and we tell it. And then the time is now to do much mission work. What Jesus said was it's not three or four months till the harvest. He said the harvest is white already. And we need, to, we need laborers. Pray that the Lord would send forth laborers and that is our job not only in the in Timbuktu or or China or wherever we send missionaries but even right here in the shadow of this steeple there is a need would you stand with me there is a need years ago I, I remember reading a story and a story is uh, like this uh there was this little girl that was lost up in Kansas in the wheat fields. And people, and they called all the neighbors and all the people they could, and they were out looking at these wheat fields for this little infant, and they couldn't find it, couldn't find her. And so someone said, why don't we join hands and go through and look and see if we can find the little girl. And so they did. They had a whole line, and they covered the whole wheat field hand in hand, and finally... They found her dead. And someone, as they gathered together around her little body, someone said, you know, we should have joined hands earlier. Maybe we would have saved her. My friends, today it's time for us to join hands and go forth because we know Jesus. We need to make him known. We need to support those that are out doing mission work. They're willing to go into the well. They need someone that will hold the rope. That's our job. Father, we thank you today for your love, your compassion that you have given to us. We realize the command that Jesus gave to us to go. And we pray, Father, today that we would look out and see the fields that are white unto harvest and the condition of people that know Jesus not that are lost, that are one heartbeat from death, one moment away from execution, one breath away from eternity. Help us to reach them with the saving knowledge of Jesus as we pray it in his name and for his sake. Amen.